welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. I'm thrilled to be bringing you a book club episode today. One of our past guests is coming back for her second book that she has written recently that just came out. Jessica Turner is back, and she recently released the book, Stretch Too Thin, How Working Moms Can Lose the Guilt, Work Smarter, and Thrive. And while this is a book specifically designed for working moms because she herself is a working mother outside of the home, these principles of intention and balancing our values and priorities in a way that makes us 100% present wherever we are, that's the main takeaway. It's not a matter of having equal pieces of the pie as a terms of balance. It's a matter of choosing what you value and making sure that you made time for those things. So today we're going to chat about the book, how it came to be, what she's learned through the process, and how she's feeling lately as a working mom herself. She's an awesome mom. You'll definitely want to check out her other book, Fringe Hours, and the other episode. I'll link to that in the show notes. Okay, let's get to it with Jessica Turner. All righty, I'm thrilled to welcome back Jessica Turner. Hi, Jessica. Hey there. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I spoke to you, I mean, years ago now, it seems weird. Episode 47, you were on talking about the Fringe Hours, and you're back. Gosh, I'm back. (laughs) And when the Fringe Hours came out, my third child was six weeks old and he's three and a half now so yeah it's been a while since we last chatted that's insane and I also have a three-year-old that turned three in July so we're kind of in the same phase of life with that third child and all the things it is it is a wonder that we make it through the summer isn't it (laughs) 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 well I'm thrilled to be talking to you about stretch too thin your new book congratulations that comes out next week That's right. It comes out on September 18th. We're so, so excited about just all of the buzz around the book and really just having honest conversations about working motherhood because even though 70% of American moms work, there's very little out there in terms of resources for working moms. So it's exciting. Yeah. And I hear from a lot of moms in my audience specifically, you know, they say, yeah, I... I love hearing other mother's stories and everything, but it feels like the working mom existence is a little bit different, and there's different challenges that come specifically from working outside the home. All moms work. We we put that out there, but working outside the home has particular challenges that you can really only understand if you're in that zone. So I love that you're catering to this audience. I think that's wonderful. Absolutely. And and Stretch Too Thin, honestly, is for any mom who works because Mm -hmm. I think when you add work into the mix, whether it's a work-from-home job, it's part-time, full-time, when you're adding that additional responsibility, there's some additional weight that comes with that. Yeah, and even for stay-at-home moms who are struggling to prioritize their values, I know plenty of moms that are full-time stay-at-home moms that are struggling with the very same things you talk about, with their marriage, with Um, balancing their values with parenting, with um, keeping up with the house, things like that. And they are home full time. And it's just a matter of plugging in what you value and kind of letting go of the rest and realizing you cannot do it all. 
Absolutely. You cannot do it all. And no one is coming into your home and evaluating and giving you, you know, a scorecard on how clean it is or how Pinterest perfect it is. You know, I think that we have set ourselves up for unrealistic expectations because of social media and that is not how we should live. Well, I loved how in the book you shared about how you're kind of embarrassed sometimes by your home and in the disarray sometimes. And I can definitely understand that. I feel the exact same way. But at the same time, when you realize what you are doing, does that help to make you feel better when you realize that's just one of the balls that's maybe getting dropped a little more often than these other more important balls? And we're going to talk about that a little bit more yeah, in this conversation. Absolutely. And the research that I did for Stretch Tooth Thin, I surveyed 2,000 working moms and really wanted to dig deep into what their struggles were. And the number one thing, four out of five working moms said that home management was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because home management is the analogy I use in the book, a rubber ball, right? So mm-hmm. it doesn't, if you drop the ball on laundry, that ball is going to eventually be picked back up. It's not going to break. But there are other balls that are much more important in our lives that are glass balls, like taking care of our families, like our own self-care and health, you know, those types of things. You can't continue to drop the ball or eventually those balls will crack. And so, um, yeah, my home is definitely a rubber ball to me and all the time it's what gets the short end of the stick but at the end of the day I think what my kids are going to remember are the amazing memories we made and not necessarily that the mantle was dusty oh absolutely and I like how you said that you too are a glass ball and I think a lot of times we put ourselves last on the list if we're on the list at all and so how do you make sure that you are protecting the time that kind of goes back to the idea of the fringe hours which people can pick up if they're looking to find ways to to make time for themselves and utilize those small pockets of time for self-care and pleasure activities and things like that but have you ever dropped the ball on yourself what did that look like for you and how do you kind of avoid that in the future Of course I have. I I think we all have. But what I have learned is that I am the best version of myself when I am taking care of myself first. Mm. It's that oxygen mask philosophy, right? That we have to put our own oxygen mask on before we can take care of the people seated around us. And the same is true for life, that you have to take care of yourself so that you can be the best mom, the best coworker, the best friend, the best spouse, right? And so um, for me, self-care, my favorite thing to do is to read. And so I notice that when I'm not reading a lot, um, that I'm I'm not taking a good job, doing a good job of taking care of myself. Um, I'm really diligent about my doctor's appointments, my dentist appointments, and taking care of my body. Exercise is one area that will sometimes fall off the the tracks, but I think it's just making it a priority and saying, no, this is something that I am going to do. It's also really important for us as mothers to recognize that our children are going to model our behavior, both as children and as adults. And so If they grow up in a home where they see their mom never taking care of themselves, particularly for girls, they're going to think that's the norm, right? And so Mm -hmm. it's really important that our kids also see us modeling behaviors of self-care so that they know that that is healthy and normal and appropriate to make time for yourself, your health, and the things that you love. Yeah. Oh, I could not agree more. And you you and I, we're go-getters. Like we love doing lots of things, being creative, starting new projects, things like that. But for the mom listening that's feeling like, well, I don't want quite, you know, I'm not as ambitious or I don't want to cram every minute of every day full. That's fine too, but it is a matter of how are you spending your time? And I love how in the back of the book, you have an actual time log where you can document how are you spending your time? How are you spending your days? And when you've really analyzed how you spend your days, what did you find and what are you hearing from other women as they look more closely at how they're allotting their time? 
I think tracking your time is a very eye-opening exercise. Um, my schedule is certainly going to look different from somebody else's, but what is universally true is that you recognize what are the need-to-dos versus the nice-to-dos. What are maybe the things you've said yes to because you felt guilty if you said no when really you just should have said no? Where maybe are opportunities to make some changes in your schedule? How much time we're spending on media, whether that is watching television or on our phones? How much time we're spending doing chores? Maybe we're there's some opportunities to ask for help or make some changes in how we're running our home. And so it's just a really eye-opening experience. I think that's the biggest response is, man, I didn't realize how much time I was spending doing this. Or I didn't realize that, gosh, most mornings I get up at the exact same time as my kids. And if I would just change that one habit and wake up 15 to 30 minutes earlier, I would have several hours a week where I could do something just for me and I could pour into myself first. So it's a really eye-opening experience. It's different from calendaring. Um, it's much more specific in that you're writing down everything from the laundry to the work meetings to daycare pickup, all of the things. And I think it's a really useful practice for people to do and even do again if they've already done it. Mm. Yeah. And for somebody like you that's always had a lot on their plate and, and likes it that way, can you tell me about a time where you were stretched too thin and feeling that, feeling that thinness and feeling like on the verge versus a time perhaps now or more recently when you may have had the same exact amount on your plate or the same load, but you've handled it differently? Because it's not a matter of just taking away stuff and, you know, having less to do's necessarily. I would, I would imagine your viewpoint has a lot to do with it. So, so how has that evolved for you? Well, it's ironic, right? Because I work full-time outside the home in addition to writing and speaking. And I've written a book on Stretch Too Thin, but honestly, doing a book launch while working full-time has me stretched too thin. Sure. <laughs> I, mean, I am working 12 and 14-hour days right now as I'm preparing for this big book launch. But I think the difference this time around versus the last time, which the last time I had a newborn, I had kind of its own set of um, circumstances. But this time I'm recognizing, okay, I'm feeling exhausted. I'm feeling exactly what I talk about in the book. What do I need to do to take care of myself? What do I need to say no to? You know, what, what can I give to somebody else? You know, last time around I didn't have an assistant and now I have an assistant. So I'm able to delegate better. Um, I remember when the fringe hours came out three and a half years ago and I had a baby. I think I only read a handful of books that year. Whereas this year I've already read 25 or 30 books. So that little benchmark tells me that I'm doing a better job of taking care of myself. I'm much more cognizant of it. I also recognize that this is just a season. And I think that's an important thing for your listeners to hear is that there are certainly going to be times where we're busy and we're stretched too thin. It's when that becomes your norm. And that's really what the book is talking about. When day in and day out, you're feeling stretched too thin, you need to make some changes. Whereas right now I'm feeling stretched too thin, but it's doing work that I love and that is, brings me a lot of joy and satisfaction. It's really exciting. So even though I'm stretched thin in some areas like work, it might seem a little out of whack. Um, it's all good stuff. And I'm doing a lot better, you know, emotionally and physically than, than I have in other seasons where I've been stretched thin and not taking care of myself and kind of just a crying hot mess all the time. Sure. And I think it's so great that you can own that, that just by knowing these principles and knowing that by putting more intention behind the activities that you do and things like that, it doesn't mean you're immune from feeling stressed or feeling guilty or feeling stretched too thin in general. Um, but realizing it is a season um, and it can be, you know, maybe a less weighty season, um, less guilt ridden. If you just realize 
you know, it's the ebbs and flows of life. That's just what it is. Absolutely. It, mm-hmm. And I think when you can say honestly, this is not just a season, this is the way I'm living and be able to state that you can mm. then move forward. If you are telling yourself the lie that, oh, this is going to get better when I finish this project. It's going to be better when I finish that project. And then honestly, there's always another project and there's always something else. And there really isn't change. You are doing yourself a huge disservice. Right. And there's that quote that says, you know, you're kind of crazy if you think by repeating the same thing again and again and again, they're going to get a different result. And you're disappointed every time. It's never going to change if you don't change. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very true. And if something's working for you, by all means, continue. But when it's not, really analyzing what can I do differently. And so I think a really common sentiment among mothers, working mothers, stay-at-home mothers, any any kind of mother is guilt. I think the moms that leave in the morning and go to a 9-to-5 like you do experiences guilt. And I think moms that snap at their kids after you know being on for eight hours during the day at home with them can feel guilt over that. So – Do you feel like you struggle more personally in terms of comparing yourself to other women and other moms, maybe working moms, maybe not, or is it more the inner critic? Where do you personally struggle? I think it's probably the inner critic, but I think that that critic has voice because of comparison. I think that is where the inner critic gets its energy is by looking at social media, about seeing how other people are doing things, about what I consume in the media, that sort of thing. I think that's true for a lot of women. Guilt is a very common emotion. And what I have learned about guilt is that there's two kinds of guilt. There's guilt that can teach me something that can say, you know, you're feeling this way because you need to make a change in something. Like if I'm feeling guilty about how I respond, like my temper or something like that, that, that is a teaching mechanism for me to respond differently to my kids, right? That's me knowing that change needs to happen. Whereas other times guilt happens because of, you know, something you consume in the media and you think, oh, that's what I should have done. My kids should have brought, you know, homemade treats like that mom did, or I should have done X, Y, Z. There is no place for that in your life. Mm -hmm. And I have learned to discern between the two types and be able to quickly squash that guilt that comes as a result of comparison. Mm, I love that. That is so, so wise. And I feel like you do have a certain capacity of energy to put towards anything in a given day. And guilt can be a time suck, a major, major time suck. And so when you really analyze, if you were to allot, okay, I spent an hour feeling guilty and, you know, dwelling on that, if that's in your time log, what else could you have used that hour doing? Playing a game? Jumping on the trampoline? Reading a book? With swapping that out, it could be as simple as that for some of those things to kind of alleviate that stress. Do you agree? Absolutely. And I put in the time log, there's a series of questions to ask yourself because I don't think most of us would be honest enough to write, I felt guilty for an hour, right? Sure. But that, but that feeling happens, you know, and it happens maybe throughout a day. And so I think it's really important that after you do that time tracking exercise, that you think about how you felt that week or that you write that down every day along with the time that you tracked, you know, what were you feeling? Because that can play a role in the changes you make after looking at your time schedule for a week. Yes, and I've noticed especially this summer with my kids as I've, you know, had a to-do list a mile long and even though I'm physically with them, I felt really distracted. And even when I am in the same room as them or interacting with them and they're reading to me, I'm kind of making my grocery list. I'm thinking about the next thing. And and I 
don't like that. How do you set intentions for being present and being really intentional about spending your time in whatever the moment is being all there? How do you do that? I think it can be really helpful to not have devices near you. Mm. I find that when I have my phone with me on the end table next to the couch and we're watching television, I am much more prone to pick it up than if I leave it in my purse or I put it on the table in the dining room. And so um, I think if you can minimize distractions, I I think sometimes even just telling ourselves, I'm going to commit to doing this 100%, whether that's reading with your kids or playing games or it's, you know, doing the dishes, whatever that task is, but Mm -hmm. just be present in what whatever moment you're in, it can really help. I like to have a notebook where I will just dump ideas and things that I need to do to try to relieve that mental load. And mental load is something I talk about a bit in the stretch too thin, which is the silent act of noticing, basically. So when you are low on toilet paper and you remember that you need to go buy it and you need to get light bulbs and you need to sign your child up for summer camp and you need to make that doctor's appointment, all of those things that run through our head every single day, that, that term is mental load. And for the bulk of American women, we are the ones who carry that stress. And so that can be really overwhelming and really distracting. And so I think if you recognize that is true in your own story, having a conversation with your spouse or having a conversation with a friend about what are some things that I can do to change this and reduce this can also help you to be less distracted. That's great. And you mentioned in your book, um, I'm just going to quote you real quick. I'm not recommending a radical shift in when you spend your time with your children, but rather an intention in how you spend that time. So if you're going to be away from your devices and play with your kids, do that. Be all all in. And if you're going to be working, be all there. I escaped to Starbucks the other morning and got more done in a two-hour chunk of time than I would have gotten done in eight hours working from home and having my attention divided and everything. And I think that was just a really great exercise in realizing it's not, you know, it's not always about the quantity of time we have to get things done, but it's about the focus and batching things appropriately and scheduling in. Nope, this is when I'm on with my kids. This is when I am on at work. And kind of compartmentalizing that a little bit better can really yield way better results. And I can only imagine that's how you were able to write this book. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think being task oriented and being able to focus on on one thing is really important. Um, I do have a, a nine to five kind of corporate day job. And so I do a lot of my writing on nights and weekends and early mornings. And so in writing the book and anything, project that I'm working on, I do take time away on the weekends. And some would say, oh, but you're taking time away from your family. Well, this is a second income for us and it's important. And so it's just part of our family's calendar and we make it work. And I'm able to be a lot more productive than if I were to stay home the whole weekend and try to fit that in in between things. You know, I just take that two, three hours and get what I need done and then I can be fully present when I'm with my family. Yeah. And so that kind of leads me to a common question that I hear moms that feel bad when they can't always be and do everything for their kids. So, you know, they're dropping their child off at school or at summer camp. They're leaving for work for the day with the babysitter with their kids and and their child's pulling at them and saying, don't go. I want you to go. And I think you mentioned a story over the summer where it's like, I want you to go to the zoo with me or the aquarium. And so what would you tell that mom that's struggling with feeling like, I'm just torn. Like I I really want to do everything for my kids, but knowing I can't, this is our reality. 
I think it's important to have conversations with your kids about why you work and the importance of work and what work brings to your family so that they understand that you're not able to be present for everything. And then honestly, I look back to my own childhood and I think my mom was there for most things, but I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I do not remember the fourth grade Valentine's party and whether or not my mom was there. You know, like this kind of stuff isn't going to leave massive negative implications on your children's memories of their childhood or how they grew up developmentally, right? It's the quality time that you have with your kids, not the quantity of time. So I think as long as you are being mindful to be present when you're with your kids and you're making the most out of the time that you have, you don't need to get bogged down in the guilt and emotions of missing the occasionally school, the occasional school activity. Yeah, I agree. So I love how the book goes chapter by chapter, like diving into the different aspects of life, um, one of which is your home life, like we talked about before. Um, you cited um, a research study by UCLA that talked about how families are overwhelmed by clutter, too busy to go in their own backyards, rarely eat dinner together, even though they claim family meals as a goal, and can't park their cars in the garage because they've crammed, they're crammed with non-vehicular stuff. Managing the volume of possessions is a crushing problem in many homes that elevates levels of stress hormones for mothers. Bah, absolutely. I could not agree more. And so what have you found, you list out a lot of practical, tangible tips for helping this particular issue that many, many mothers face. What's something that really works for you and what would you tell a mom that's feeling stressed by stuff? What's a very great first step? I get it. That's what I would tell them yeah. when feel stressed by stuff. Um, you know, something that we do in our house that I think works really well is every time we get a big box, whether it's, you know, Amazon Prime Pantry or it's Honest Company Diapers or something like that, we don't collapse that box. We instead use it for Goodwill. Mm. And the box needs to get filled with stuff we can get rid of. So a box comes in, a box needs to go out. And that has been really helpful for us for purging. And um, I've even kept a basket in my room just because it's out of the way where as clothes, you know, got too small on kids and that sort of thing, I would just throw them in that basket. And then when that basket got full, then I would take it for donations. Because don't you do that a lot of times where, yes. you know, you're doing the laundry and then just that one t-shirt comes up, you're like, oh, why is this still in here? This is too small. But you don't have any going for that one article of clothing so then you put it back in the closet you know but so that has been another tip that's been helpful for us that's a great tip and I constantly have ongoing Salvation Army type bags and everything but then that can also add to my clutter because I don't take them there and so maybe having like a designated time you know every other week or every month where it's like you get those bags out of there because I literally have three bags taking up space and cluttering up my home right now that's annoying (laughs) (laughs) absolutely that's my own issue but I love that idea I love that idea and then you also talk about marriage and I think in this day and age there is so much focus on parenting and making kids a priority but if you go back to good old Dr. Laura Schlesinger from the days of talk radio when I grew up marriage has to come first because in the end you're left with you and your spouse and Yes, kids are important, but your marriage really needs to come first. So as you are prioritizing all these different things, how have you been able to prioritize your marriage? And when when you're feeling stretched too thin, how do you not let that go by the wayside too? Absolutely. I mean, the chapter on marriage is one of my favorite chapters in the book because you're right. Like your kids are hopefully going to leave someday, right? And all you're left (laughs) with is your spouse. And so um, you want to invest in that relationship. So I think recognizing when you're maybe in a season where you guys are like two ships in the night passing one another and saying, we really need to sit down and 
be with one another. And, you know, sometimes that can be a date night at home. Sometimes it's scheduling a babysitter and getting out. Um, but I think having those conversations, I think having conversations with your spouse about more than just the kids and scheduling, right? That you're not mm-hmm. like team cruise director, right? But that you are actually connecting with one another is really important. And being affectionate with one another is is another important factor in having a healthy marriage. Yeah, absolutely. And it's as simple as just acknowledging the other person's in the room. You quote another mom in the book that talks about how they feel like roommates. And I've definitely had seasons where we feel more like roommates as we're just trying to get through the day and get through life with little ones and all the different things. So even just as simple as saying hi and when you get home from work, acknowledging and finding the other person and saying, hi, I see you. Sometimes we just even neglect something as simple as that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Taking that time just to hug one another and kiss one another when you come in the door and really look at one another when you're talking and um, not be distracted by a device in your hand is is really important. Yeah. It seems simple, but it makes a huge difference. I know. I know. And if you're going to be cooking dinner anyways, like why can't you do it together? And why can't you chop while they saute? And, you know... It doesn't mean you have to pile more stuff on your plate. Yes, getting away from a date night is great. But if you're already reading a book, could they read the same book at the same time? And then you could chat about it. If you're watching a show, could they read? It? Could they watch it too? So how can you incorporate yeah, your kids more into the life you're already living, your spouse into the life you're already living, and friends into the life you're already living? And then it doesn't feel like one more thing on your plate. Right. Absolutely. And I think having honest conversations, you know, I talk about in the book, I can't remember if this is in the marriage chapter or the parenting chapter, but having like weekly meetings where Mm. you sit down and you talk about, here's all the things that are going on this week. What are the non-negotiables? Where do I need help? That's something too, where you can have that conversation about mental load. If you're a working mom who feels really overwhelmed and um, just connect with one another. So you're going into the week on the same page. Mm. So what do you hope for your next 10, 15 years of the foreseeable working life, growing kids and everything. How do you plan ahead to be stretched too thin less or, or feel it, you know, not feel it that it's as dire. How do you set yourself up for success? I think identifying what those glass balls in your life are. So for me, it's myself, my kids and my husband. And so if those are the only three glass balls, everything else is a rubber ball, including work. You know, Mm. if, if work changes, if I lose my job, I can find another job, right? If I, um, you know, decide to go into a different type of work, I can do that, right? Like it will bounce. Your job will bounce. Work is a rubber ball. Um, my home is a rubber ball. Um, so thinking about those relationships of what I want is to be intentional and present in those. And so I think as long as those are in the forefront of my mind and those are what I'm putting my time into and what I'm pouring my life into, I think the rest will follow and, and be good, whatever those other things are. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to look like a certain thing in the future. You know, it doesn't mean you have to have reached a certain goal or you have to have put out four more books. It's a matter of being present every little step of the way. And then it's bound to unfold into a beautiful life, don't you think? Absolutely. At the end of my life, I am not going to remember 
the social media that I was on. I am not going to remember the TV interviews that I did. What I'm going to remember are the people and relationships that I had. And so that's what I want to pour my life into. So good. So you're a big book reader. Will you tell me a recent book that you've just loved that I should go get from the library or Amazon or the bookstore? Yeah, a memoir that I really loved this year is Educated. Ah, I've I read that. I've been telling everyone about it. Yes. You have, you have read it? I have, and it was so well done. Blows my mind. It really was. Well, there's another one that I read after reading Educated that it said, for fans of Educated, you'll like this, called North of Normal. Have oh, you read that one yet? I have not. That's a, a good follow-up. Okay. Um, a slightly different story about a girl that grew up in northern um, Canada and think Alaska I think it was just Canada that she lived but uh, raised by hippie parents and had some kind of crazy experiences similar in some ways different than others from what Tara experienced and educated but that's another good one oh that's out. a great recommendation I immediately followed it up with the glass castle which I can't believe I okay. hadn't read yet but similar yeah. vein and loved that one as well if you are into that type of of uh, storyline but yeah excellent oh good well I always ask my guests one final question I'm sure I asked you this two years ago on episode 47 but maybe your answer has changed with more life experience and the final question is what would you tell your pre-motherhood self that you're going to be a great mom Mm. and I think that's something that every woman needs to hear and I always knew that I would love mothering and thought that I would be pretty good um but I think to know 10 years down the path that, yep, you're, you're doing all right, um, your kids are going to be amazing is something that I would appreciate hearing going into it. Love it. Jessica, thank you so much for taking the time. Where can people find you online? You can find information about my book at stretchtothinbook.com, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jessica N. Turner and on Facebook.com slash The Mom Creative. And for those that are listening prior to September 18th, if you go on stretchtothinbook.com and pre-order the book, you can actually get the audiobook and my online course for working moms absolutely free. So really fun pre-order freebie. Definitely check that out. Definitely worth a lot more than the price of the book. So go and check that out. Yes. Who doesn't love an audiobook? Thanks, Jessica. I'm so excited about the book. I hope everybody picks it up. Thank you so much. It was so fun getting to chat with Jessica again today and to cheer her on as she releases her second book. Definitely go check out The Fringe Hours. That's one of my very favorites. And I know that Stretch Too Thin is going to resonate with so many working moms and give them the hope, the inspiration, and ideas they have been looking for. You can pick that up wherever books are sold. But of course, I'm linking to everything over at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at JessicaDahlquist3 or on Facebook at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast. Coming up next Tuesday, we have a fantastic guest for you. Courtney Dana is my guest, and Courtney had five children in five years. Her life was bonkadoo, and if I can call bonkadoo a word, and she is amazing. Now that her kids are, some of them are teenagers and have grown up a lot, seeing her having survived those toddler years that I'm still kind of emerging out of, and seeing the things that she was really intentional about from the young years to get to the point where she is now, where she has really strong bonds and connections with her kids. She is also a working mom, and so she talks about that juggle and that dance that she did with pursuing her own career and interests, as well as being there for her kids and her family. 
She's just extraordinary. She is a regular, everyday mom that you will be able to relate to. But in every sense of the word, she's extraordinary. And I can't wait for you to check her out. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today, everybody. We'll see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.